0: Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead. I'm your host, Seagal Barnes. As a reminder to all of our listeners, this week is a bunch of fantastic short form interviews that I had live with leaders from NALP's PDI conference in Washington, D.C. We will be returning back to our original episode programming starting next week, but please enjoy these episodes. There's tons of great insights. So without further ado, let's get back to our next guest. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead, a podcast that challenges the notion that the law lags behind. I'm your host, Seagal Barnes. Each week, I invite a lawyer who's making powerful changes through extraordinary leadership. In each episode, we'll travel through another lawyer's life, identify what they do best, and then devise how to apply these concepts to your own world. So let's get to it. We have here with us John Kropp, founder of Mindfulness for Boyers, who's led mindfulness and well-being programs at Harvard, Stanford, Yale, the Pentagon, public defenders' offices, Fortune 100 companies, and more than 70 top law firms. Since 2006, John has studied with teachers from around the world, including psychologists, neuroscientists, and traditional Buddhist masters. He even completed a seven-month silent meditation retreat in 2014. John is actually both attending and speaking here at the conference today, and I'm very excited for you to meet our next lawyer who leads. So let's get right into the interview, recorded live at PDI right now. All right, we're here with John Crop. John, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I was flattered to be asked. Well, I'm really excited to get into what you do for our listeners. What brought you to founding Mindfulness for Lawyers?
1: Well... I got into mindfulness initially in law school, and the reason was that I was just mega stressed in law school, which was not an uncommon reaction to law school. I also have ADHD, and so I was at a pretty competitive law school, competitive environment, and I felt like I was having trouble keeping my head above water. Everyone was so organized and disciplined. I didn't feel like I was those things. So I got into mindfulness initially because I'd heard, you know, learn to meditate, it helps you focus, helps with stress and anxiety. So that was the initial interest. And then once I got into it and started exploring it, I saw how much deeper it went than that and started to take it pretty seriously. You know, did a lot of studying, did a series of increasingly long silent meditation retreats. And then so fast forward to 2014, I graduated from law school in 2008. Um, fast forward to 2014, I go on a seven month silent meditation retreat. And then when I came back, I had a law school roommate who was at a big firm and who was struggling and he saw on Facebook that I was back and reached out to me asking if I could share some of the stuff that I had learned. And so we hopped on Skype, it was not Zoom yet. And I shared some stuff and he encouraged me to consider teaching this stuff more broadly in the legal profession. So I started doing it really just on the side while I was still full-time at my firm. But it was well-received and it grew organically. And after about a year and a half of that, I sort of ran out of vacation days to use to do that. And so I just switched to doing it full-time. That was six years ago now.
0: That's an incredible story. Can you just give me like one thing that you learned? I'm sure you learned many things, but one thing you learned from that silent retreat, that silent meditation retreat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say here's one big thing. Thoughts are overrated. I feel like 95% of our thoughts serve no purpose except to clutter our minds. I am not anti-thinking, right? In the legal field, of course, we need to analyze, we need to problem solve, duh, right? As people, too. But we think compulsively, and our minds are just crammed with dumb little thoughts that don't really do anything except stress us out, distract us keep us from just sort of quietly enjoying our own existence.
0: Yes, that's a great takeaway. It's not anti-thinking, but it is being more mindful about your thought process and how it's affecting you and whether it serves you.
1: Yeah, it's not only not anti-thinking, it is pro-skillful thinking, Mm. right? If you actually calm all that clutter, the more insightful thoughts, the more useful thoughts, the more productive thoughts, those rise up, right? And those become clearer, more accessible. There's not this background hum of all this nonsense drowning them out.
0: So why did you come to NALP's PDI conference specifically to speak on this matter?
1: Oh, I love PDI. I owe my, this career, this like groovy career that I have now to PDI. I've just met my whole quote unquote network in the law firm attorney development space comes in large part from coming to this conference you know everyone's so gracious and warm i was talking with jay and megan from NAUP last night they were sort of busting my chops a little bit about the first time i came to pdi in 2016 where apparently i was very twitchy very nervous sort of running around saying i need to meet this person i need to meet that person where do you meet with people and seeming very stiff and nervous and of course everyone was really lovely and welcoming and so I don't know, maybe it's lame or weird to say that I really look forward to a corporate conference, but honestly, I really do. Everyone's so nice.
0: I don't think it's lame at all. I feel the same exact way about this conference. I also still a little bit get nervous, I think, but in general, everyone is so warm and gracious, so I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'm an introvert,
1: and I also sometimes get a little bit of social anxiety, so having to sort of come, it is sort of a networking thing. Right. But just the character of the people here by and large, makes it very easy to feel like you're just sort of hanging out with friendly people. You're not here hustling up business. You know, it, the sort of businessy stuff happens organically as a result of just being nice to nice people. Yeah. And having some fun interactions with cool people here. So that's the vibe at PDI, I think.
0: I agree. And I think also because everyone that comes here works with and thinks deeply about the professional development of people. Yeah. That really kind of lends to that great feeling that you have because people are really people-centric here.
1: Yeah, there's a self-selection for sure. It's a lot of people who thought it would be fun to spend their workday helping people essentially. Right,
0: exactly. So another question for you, you're also speaking at a session at this conference. Yes. Can you just touch upon what you'll be speaking about?
1: Yes. So my talk is called pack them in, how to maximize attendance at your learning and development programs. And so I'm doing this with a few colleagues who are PD directors at big firms, Paula Dixton at Greenberg Traurig, Matt Galando at k and Gates, and Nikia Humphrey at Gunderson Detmer. All goat level PD leaders. I'm happy to sort of ride their coattails with this program. They're great. So the basic idea here is that It is incredibly frustrating to put together an amazing program and then crickets in the room or the Zoom room, right? right. It's a completely different discipline. There's the discipline or the craft of putting together amazing programming, and then there's the craft of driving attendance, right? Getting people to show up and also closing the gap between the people who RSVP and then the people who actually show up. Because there's always that cliff, right? And so, you know, I have been fortunate in that I've worked with a bunch of firms at this point and other organizations. I've had the opportunity to experiment, iterate, and figure out which strategies, methods, tactics, tips, hacks actually work to get people to show up. And I share those with my clients. I sort of help them with that stuff, right? Right. I provide some materials, I provide some best practices, I share some thoughts because I consider that part of my job mm-hmm. to make sure that not only the program is good, but that people are there. Uh, but, you know, for folks who don't have me in the room with them to, to help with that, um, and who aren't Paula Dixon or Matt Galando or Nikia Humphrey, we wanted to open the playbook and yeah. share the strategies that have worked.
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to the session. It's going to be fantastic. Are you going to
1: come? Of course I'm going to come. I should note that we are walking the walk. So we are aggressively working to make sure that people show up. It'd be pretty embarrassing if we did a program on <laughs> boosting attendance and no one was in the room, There's right?
0: There's a lot of pressure there, actually. You're absolutely right. A lot
1: of pressure, which is why we brought out the big guns. We're going to be offering free kettle corn and a bunch of different fun flavors for anyone Excellent. who shows up. Get a little bag of kettle corn. Actually, a sizable bag of kettle corn. I'm also raffling off a free workshop with me for an organization. Amazing. So, you know, one of my clients once said that I am on to
0: quote her the high side of reasonable. So, it's a decent it's a decent get, you know. I mean, you got me a kettle corn, so I will 100% be there. Okay, excellent. Uh, and last question for you, actually two more questions. What is the biggest takeaway that you've gotten from PDI so far?
1: The biggest takeaway from PDI for someone like me, I would say is Don't try and sell yourself. Just be here to make friends and hang out.
0: I love it. And last one, since you've been in the legal industry for so long, you've been very deeply connected with the legal industry, with various players in the legal industry. What would you say leadership in law means to you?
1: Well, I certainly think it does not mean your role or your seniority or your level of experience or where you are on the org chart. I think a leader is someone who uplifts the people around them who brings out the best in the people around them. And I think that's something that can be done no matter what your role is, attorney, -attorney, non-attorney, C-suite executive, you've been there less than six months. Everyone has the capacity to lead in the sense of, yeah, helping the people around them be their best selves, do their best work, feel good about themselves. That's what I think a leader is.
0: That's excellent. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show. If anyone wanted to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way they can do that?
1: Oh, just go to my website. It's pretty easy to remember. It's mindfulnessforlawyers.com. I did not get creative with the naming, but I think it says what you need to know. Mindfulnessforlawyers.com. There's a contact me thingy uh, up in the right-hand corner. Use it liberally. I love hearing from people.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show. Thanks, Sigal. Take care. Just visit lawline.com slash podcast to get the special offer. Check out Lawline for the best content for leaders and future leaders in legal.